Learn how to improve performance of bulk loading data using query store hints this week on Data Exposed. Hi, I'm Anna Hoffman, and welcome to this episode of Data Exposed. Today, I'm joined by Denzel, a program manager on the Azure SQL team. Denzel, thanks so much for joining us today. Can you start by telling us a little bit about what you do? Sure. I'm a program manager in the hyperscale team, and um, you know, so I, I work with customers to determine what's the roadmap, look at compete and, and features that we're going to release, and make sure they solve the business scenarios that customers want um, us to solve. Awesome, cool. Well, we are happy to have you on the show today. And today we're going to be talking about query store hints, specifically how you can use them to optimize your data loading. So can you kind of maybe start us off by telling us a little bit more about this scenario? Sure. So data loading is a common scenario. And now with hyperscale supporting larger uh, sizes of databases, um, you know, there are customers who use ETL to load data. And um, you know, loading data is unique in many ways, um, and and optimizing data load depends on a bunch of factors. Today, we're going to look at uh, a specific scenario of memory grants uh, and where query store hints can help us in scenarios that we cannot change our ETL process yet need to optimize it. Okay, got it. And then just a quick background for folks like myself that might not know a ton about memory grants. Can you give us kind of some more information on what those actually are? Sure. So when a query executes, it needs to request some memory that it reserves for joins and sorts and query execution. This is not memory for the for the data pages themselves, which is buffer pool. And so this grant is affected by you know parallelism, uh, how many CPUs and what parallel plan you have, the resources on the system, and it's set to um, you know a percentage which by default is 25% of your default workload group. And the reason the reservation is done is you don't want the query to run out of memory during execution, so we reserve up front. So um, when there are many queries that require large grants, you know these wait until there's available memory on the system, and that's what we're going to look at today. Awesome, cool. And we're also going to be using something called query store hints, which is also pretty new for, actually, it is pretty new for Azure SQL Database. Is that right? That's correct. So awesome. queries, yeah, query store hints isn't there uh, on on-premise SQL servers yet. It's on Azure SQL, uh, you know, first. So in this scenario, we are going to actually load uh, data via Spark, and uh, we have an eight-node cluster in Spark, um, and um, you know, I'm loading from Data Lake. So you'll see a bunch of uh, files that I'm loading. I'm loading about 9.6 gigs in total. And so the first frame I've already read in this data set so as to not calculate kind of read time. And I'm loading into a table, which is a column store table. So for column store, we optimize um, you know, the batch load so that um, the load goes into compressed row groups directly. The max size of a row group is around a million. So that's what we are giving as a batch size. And then um, you know, we are just appending to the, the table. Um, so for column store, we don't want to specify a tab lock, unlike, unlike when you load to a heap. So that's th these are the only options that are relevant. And then I'm using Spark to actually kick off my load. So there I'm kicking off my load um, into the table. And this is an eight node Spark cluster, each with four cores. So you have 
a total of 32 tasks uh, which are loading. As you can see here, there are 32 tasks which are um, you know, loading data. Uh, and these files are partitioned by the tasks and each of them are loading data, um, right? So let's come back to the SQL Server side of the house and see how this looks. So I'm loading into this table called Customer Ratings. Uh, you can see it's a pretty wide table. I have uh, 100 columns or so, which is not uncommon in the Data Mart scenario. And I have a column store uh, index here, which is a clustered column store. So data, the base data is actually compressed into row groups um, and segments. So it's stored by column. If I look at the running requests, and this is just a stored procedure I wrote on top of DM exec requests. The key part is we're going to look at a lot of bulk inserts. We'll see 32 of these bulk inserts here. Um, right. And uh, more interestingly, uh, let's give it a little bit of time and look at the weight types. And we see quite a few of these resource semaphore weight types. And as you can see, this is the wait time. So this time, if I run it again, it keeps increasing because there's no memory uh, available to grant. Right. Um, right. So this is the resource semaphore wait time I was talking about on the slide. So how do we look at these grants? So what are these grants and how do we look at, um, you know, how much is requested and how much is granted? We have two DMVs here. One is this uh, DM exec query memory grants. So if we run this, we see a session ID, the degree of parallelism, um, and we see these couple columns. You see a request time and a grant time. Um, the ones which the grant time is populated have been granted. The ones which are null are waiting. Right. And then you have a requested memory, granted memory, and then you have a used memory, which I'll show you in a second. So whatever is requested is granted in this case. But we can see from the used memory, much less is used than is actually granted. So you have about a three gig grant um, and just about 280 MB kind of used. And this grant is based on an estimation heuristics and there are particular schemas where our estimation may not be accurate. Uh, and this is one of them. Then if you look at the semaphore itself, and I'm this pool ID is the workload um, group for default user queries. I see that 12 of these requests have been granted and 20 of these are waiting for a grant. Um, and you know, you get other, other heuristics of what's the available memory and what's the granted memory and what's the used memory for that pool. But this is the important number which shows you, you know, all the, all the threads which are waiting on a memory grant, right? So uh, similarly, you can look at wait stats snapshots and I'll, I'll show a dashboard in a second. So these are diffs between two snapshots. So I'm running it again. And um, maybe the grant actually already um, went past, um, you know, maybe the other queries have already got uh, past that grant, but we can look at the dashboard, um, you know, to see if there was weights on a grant or not. So this is Telegraph. Um, on monitoring SQL Server, I can see in my wait stats here, I have this resource semaphore. And this is cumulative wait time per second. So there's nine seconds of wait time per elapsed second, which wow. indicates there's a there's a wait, right? So, so queries are being throttled on that. So um, how do I identify these queries? Um, so I'm going to actually just look at 
bulk inserts. So there are two ways to do it. Um, one is this more comprehensive query, which looks at runtime stats and orders it by the query uh, max memory used, which is recorded in query store. Right. So I can look at that and I see that, um, you know, the statement is insert bulk. Well, insert bulk is not really a statement that you can issue from T-SQL. Usually the statement is bulk insert, but insert bulk is issued by any application that is actually uh, calling the SQL bulk copy API. So you don't have direct control over this statement. It is the API which actually generates this insert bulk statement. And as you can see, I mean, the average query uh, memory used is quite high. The important part is I need this query ID. That's all um, I actually need in this case. It's 32. And, and so what will I do with this 32? I am actually going to use a hint, which I, I otherwise could use on, on select queries uh, and such, and then force it via this hints to this query ID, which is 32. So I, I force this hint and then I can look at hints from this hints view and see that, okay, this query ID 32 now has this um, hint, you know, forced. Now in the interest of time, um, okay, we did finish. It was about five minutes uh, and, and such. Now that we've applied the query store hint, let's rerun this again um, and look at the same set of diagnostics that we did before. So we look at requests and if you look at weights, those resource semaphore weights that we were looking at before are now gone. You don't see them anymore um, because we've lowered the max grant that each query can get. Similarly, looking at the other grant BMVs, uh, all the queries in question have been granted. The grant itself is much lower. It was three and a half gigs or so. It's now 500 megs. And then the used is much closer. So there was enough available memory to grant all the 32 bulk inserts the memory that they required. And there wow. are no waiters. All 32 of these have been granted and there are no waiters anymore. Uh, so similarly, if we look at wait stats, there won't be um, you know, any weights on resource semaphores. That just disappears because there aren't any you know, waiters. Uh, one more thing I wanted to identify is, um, you know, via the query plan, when you have a query plan, um, there always is a way uh, to look at memory grants. This is not the query plan for the bulk insert, but you can always look at a query plan and see the memory grant from a query plan perspective as well. Um, so that's another diagnostic besides query store and the DMV is to help identify the queries that are um, granting a lot of memory. So last but not the least, um, from um, you know, some of the results, if you look at the difference in results, and I'll switch back to a dashboard that shows this, the load time now reduces um, from what was closer to anywhere from five to seven minutes, uh, depending on the run and amount of waiters, um, to you know, closer to two and a half minutes or less uh, wow. from, a, from a load time perspective. So that's a phenomenal increase. Um, more importantly, even, even besides the load, you see usage of resources fundamentally better, right? Load generation rate was only 21 megs per second. It goes to 49 megs per second. CPU goes up because now we don't have waiters, so there are more threads actually utilizing the CPU to compress the row groups. 
and then your resource semaphore. Uh, here was a sample run that I ran uh, before. Uh, drops from a wait of 4,000 seconds to zero seconds. And um, literally to cement this case, I have a dashboard that compares these two runs. And you will see this is the duration of the weights. You see the CPU, average CPU is about 20%, right. whereas it goes much higher here and much shorter duration. Um, and you know, the, from the weights perspective, uh, you see the same thing. The first part has resource semaphore weights. The second part has nothing. We start bottlenecking on CPU here a little bit, uh, but that can always, you can always scale up if CPU is your bottleneck. So that's the advantage of, of query store hints. I didn't have to change my app. I could still apply the hints um, and fundamentally improve performance of my data loads. Wow, this is really cool. That was a, a really cool demo. And I also learned like a lot of different things. Um, but this has been really useful. So thanks so much. You know, as folks are just getting started with this, do you have any like tips or gotchas that people should be aware of? Look, explore query store hints for sure. In many of the cases where you have third-party applications where you need to change a query and a change in query results in you know the application vendor having to generate a patch, it's a it's a quick way for a DBA to uh, mitigate an issue that happens in production in a, in a short duration of time. Query store is key, and and um, you know identifying queries and troubleshooting query store should be something all data engineers are very familiar with. Um, and then uh, hyperscale also enables this data loading scenarios because irrespective of compute size, in this case, I had just um, 16 core um, you know, hyperscale database and I loaded the 9.6 gigs of data in roughly over two minutes in column store format, right? So hyperscale also has this log generation rate not tied to um, the size of compute um, and, and is a great way to kind of um, move workloads that are data intensive to hyperscale tier. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much again for coming on the show. Uh, to our viewers, thanks for joining us. Uh, we will put some links in the description for you to go learn more and catch our other videos where we've talked about query store hints. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on Data Exposed. Thank you, Anna.